along the Shannon Estuary Way on Live 95. With the Flying Boat Museum in Foynes. Now, week four of our series celebrating the local stories and tourist attractions along the Shannon Estuary Way. This week, we're going to spend some time talking about the estuary itself. Joining me on the phone is Gary McMahon. Gary is director of the Island Marine School. Gary, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Gary, tell me about the boat itself, Island, and its fantastic story, and uh, Connor O'Brien as well, and, and how you became involved with it and heard about it. Oh, uh, right. <laughs> um, well, I, I suppose I heard about the boat in the 80s. I thought it gave me, introduced me to Conor O'Brien. Uh, Conor O'Brien was, was, was uh, an extraordinary man. Um, and he would have been Owen Chiquin O'Brien of Tremoland and Clare, the great families. Um, he decided the family moved across the Shannon. William Smith O'Brien uh, would have been his... Um, his grandfather, uh, who, who lived at Harda and moved there in the 19th century. So really, they're a clear family. But O'Brien was um, was brought up in Caramoyle House in in in, in, in Harda uh, and trained as an architect and um, was a man of many talents. And um, he took an interest in sailing, and and through that he got a commission. He sailed around the world as, as, as Peter Lawless leaves the Shannon Estuary today to sail around the world via the three great capes, Cape Horn, Cape, Cape Good Hope and Cape Lewin in Australia. O'Brien was the first to do that in the early 1920s. Uh, the boat he did that in the Searsha is gone. And um, so I went looking for the, the, other, the other boat that was associated with him, the island, and in the 1980s. And eventually found her and brought her back to Ireland in 1997. Today she sails on the Shannon Estuary. The boat was in the Falklands. What what state was she in when you found her? Uh, she was rough. Um, shook, I think, is a, is a word you might be familiar with. Uh, so any boat that was used hard, and was, uh, she operated uh, servicing the sheep farms in East Falklands for 50, 60 years. So by the time I found her, she was out of commission. She was a private boat. So she was shook. She was in need of a rebuild. But I didn't um, quite appreciate the scale of the rebuild back then. Okay, and how, how did you how did you bring Ireland back from the Falklands? Uh, well, I travelled down and I, 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 I had a look at her and um, I got support here from various people. It's too, too, too long to go into in this chat. But um, she eventually, she travelled back because she wasn't up to a voyage back. She travelled back uh, on, on a deck cargo on, on, a, on a boat, a ship called the Angeliki, and arrived in Dublin uh, in 1997, November, on a very cold day and uh, looking rather um, uh, forlorn. And um, we did a rudimentary refit on her, and I sailed her towards Limerick that um, the following year, the spring of 1998, and arrived in Limerick 20 years later. Uh, a bit embarrassing, really. But as this, as the saying, that the only boat that was ever built on time was the Ark. <laughs> uh, Conor O'Brien, he he was sailing from the estuary, and we've been speaking on this program the last couple of weeks uh, about, I suppose, the, the tourist attractions along it. But a, as a body of water, 
is it a, is it particularly challenging for sailors yesterday itself? It's challenging if if if, if you're not familiar with tides. Uh, really, the Shannon Estuary is really a celebration of tides. It's great, the tides get compressed up there, and um, and so you don't really move without um, aligning with the tides because it's at Limerick City where I live. It's the highest tidal range in, in Ireland. So, um, but, but those tides can sometimes be seen today um, as being um, contrary or uh, implacable. But in fact, uh, if you use them, it's a magnificent force. And if you go with them, and uh, like all our antecedents who traded on the Shannon, they had this massive um, elemental force, which was uh, which was uh, came without charge. Um, this was before engines and before combustion engines, and so uh, it was a uh, it was um, a magnificent um, water course. There was a decline in, in sailing, or, or the numbers sailing along the estuary. Uh, why did that happen? Um, well, the road networks expanded from the nineteen twenties. Today, a lot of people point fingers at cars and vehicles, but when the first car was invented, it couldn't go anywhere because there were no roads. It's really the, the, the arrival of roads, which had all sorts of cultural effects and social effects. But on, for, 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 the, for the trading ships of the Shannon Estuary, it, it, it slowly killed them, and they dropped. They eventually collapsed entirely in about the, the early 50s. The last sailing vessel on the Shannon Estuary was the Alzina out of Lavashida. She traded between Lavashida and Limerick. The Davis brothers, John Davis, was Sailed up and down to Limerick Engine. Um, my father recorded his last voyage in, in the 50s. So that was a, a, a boat built in the 19th century and it carried general cargo from Limerick to the community in Labashida and back and forth. And um, and he would uh, comfortably leave Labashida and take the tide and wind and arrive in Limerick in his own time and do the shopping for the local community. And, um, Loaded it at Limerick and discharged it back home. Very ancient uh, way of um, apprehending the Shannon Estuary, which, but you know, it's, it, it, it was um, it's still in living memory for some. And setting up the Marine School and bringing the island back from the Falklands, when you were doing that, were you hoping then to have a resurgence in sailing or just a greater appreciation of what we have on our doorstep, the Shannon Estuary itself? Well, no, I wasn't on any on, on any mission uh, in that sense. Uh, I was just responding to what I thought was a very interesting story and um, what I thought was the last. Well, I mean, it's a long time ago now. I've changed the way I think, but uh, a lot of my thought thinking is, is is still the same in the sense that this was the last surviving Irish sailing vessel, and she only survived because roads really only started to come into the Falkland Islands after. Um, the Falklands War. So she still would have that, the island would have still have that economic value and part of it, she would have serviced the community because they were rural island communities. Whereas that um, transition happened um, much earlier in Ireland. And um, what was your question again? Well, uh, um, about, oh yes, uh, no, I wasn't on a mission to convert the Irish, to send the Irish back to sea, although somebody should take it up. Ever since the navigation laws of the of the Tudor navigation laws, we we haven't quite recovered. Uh, Gary, the how is the vessel used today then? And maybe the, you might explain to me how the, how the Marine School works. 
Well, we've we sort of transitioned in the last year. We were boat building. We built a lot of local gondolas and angling costs and all sorts of things. And but we've now gone. Well, with the success of getting the island launched, we're now moved to sea. So uh, the island, uh, her she's registered the port of Limerick and she she sails out of the port of Limerick. Currently, she's down in Waterford. Uh, she's doing some work down there, uh, community work. So she, she's not. We're not a commercial organisation, so we don't charge anybody to, to, to travel on the boat. Um, if people desire to travel, they they just get in touch with me, and we figure out what type of voyages are suitable. Um, so so she sails on the. She, she, she did um, six weeks on the Shannon Estuary there in May and June. Uh, very successful. We had many people out. She's a learning platform, and if you have a thirst or a desire to learn uh, seafaring and the ways of a sailing ship, a uh, sailing ship is like a big floating cuckoo clock. It's just full of gadgets, and it's a machine as opposed to a boat. So people can come, and it depends on their interest. And um, But then we do longer voyages. We, we sailed to Greenland. We took her from Limerick Docks to Greenland in 1919, uh, to transatlantic twice in, in the one season. So she's very capable of the vessel, and um, and she's going very well. You mentioned Peter Lawless there. We were speaking to Peter on the programme last week. He, he's going around the world by uh, the five capes. What kind of challenges will he face? I know he spoke to us last three, week. Uh, three, three great Three capes. great capes, okay. What, what, what challenges is he going to face over the course of eight months at sea? What's his own company, really? He, that's he that's said the worst thing about going sailing is that you bring yourself. Yeah, he said he enjoyed his own company. I, I'm being facetious. Of course, he is. His father was the same. They, they, uh, he was brought up in both. So it'll be nothing new to him except it, I suppose, the sheer distances and the vast the Southern Ocean. The Southern Ocean would be the big, 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 big. big yeah. O'Brien, when he left uh, New Zealand to sail around Cape Horn in. 1924, uh, 56 days, uh, uh, and then you have to descend into the, into the rolling 50s for, for part of that voyage. Yeah, so he, he's going into um, the, the, the three great, it, it's, it's, it's the oceans of the world, the ocean of the world where, where, the, where the great swells and the great run of, of, of water is unimpeded by land. So it's an extraordinary, when he, that space, so that, that, that sort of portal between Cape Horn and... Um, and Antarctica. So that Peter, he'll have, Peter will have to descend into that maelstrom for a couple of weeks, maybe two weeks, and then once around Cape Horn, then he can start coming, um, running, to, uh, you know, uh, reducing his latitude. Okay, finally then, uh, Gary, the Shannon Estuary Programme we're speaking about, maritime history and tourism is, is at the heart of it. Is there anything you'd like to see embraced in the way of promoting maritime tourism and, and what could be done in that area? Well, I'm, I'm not a promoter of tourism. Um, there, are, there are some negative effects to tourism. But for an area like the Shannon Estuary, which would be of minority interest, let's be honest, but minority with a population of 7 billion people is, is, is still a huge number of people. So really it's, it's to focus on what it is uniquely. And the Shannon Estuary, when we talk about it, is really the Atlantic. That's why you've this, this confusion between the Wild Atlantic Way and the Shannon Estuary Way. It, it, it's just a misperception. The, 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 the Shannon Estuary is an expression of the Atlantic. It's a unique expression. It's a title, and it runs all the way 
tidally influenced right, right up to Limerick and through Limerick and up and up towards the Mill Road and Corbally where, where the tide finally loses its influence. So really it's just focused on the tide because the tide, it is really the tide and to, 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 to really, you know, just uh, celebrate the tide. In the Bay of Fundia, which is the highest tidal range in the world, they, they, they actually celebrate it, whereas in Limerick I find that over the years a lot of people want to sort of control, control the tide and put in dams and uh, they see it as a negative, but it, it's a, mass, a, a, a magnificent elemental force and uh, we should, that's what we should celebrate because that's what defines the Shannon Estuaries, this magnificent, huge tide and the, the, the effects of wind against it and the effects of barometric pressure and and, um, and um, what other forces act upon it to, to rise and to make it a wind and, and barometric pressure in the bigger ones and then the water coming down from the, from the, from the land of Ireland. Along the Shannon Estuary Way on Live 95. With the Flying Boat Museum in Foynes.